Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Roundtable. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is Alex Compton and Jared Ross Dusher. Uh, Ross, yeah, how do you pronounce yeah. the last name? <laughs> yeah, it's Ross Dusher. Ross Dutcher. Uh, from the Tower Rack, uh, we're previewing and discussing the Indiana's um, next matchup against Western Kentucky. It's kind of become a, a nice little rivalry uh, between Indiana and uh, Western Kentucky. This is uh, going to be the fourth game uh, in the series uh, as well. Nate DeComp is, is joining us too. So let's, uh, let's Jared, let's break down the, the, the series history. This goes back uh, to uh, – to 2008 uh the iu played uh, they played games in at both stadiums twice now um and uh, it, it's kind of been a, a fun little series how, on the western kentucky side uh how, how did they look at this series honestly i mean we definitely have enjoyed playing you guys in the past i feel like each game that we've played pretty much for the most part has been a very very close game i mean looking from last year and also looking at some of the past years and uh, I mean, of course, it's appreciated that you guys as a big 10 school have come and played at the Halge and Bowling Green. That really helps with our ticket sales, being able to have a bigger name such as IU come in and play is always really good for us as well. But I mean, as far as on the field, it's always been, I think, a pretty close matchup you guys have won everything we are still trying to get that first win against a big 10 program we've gotten really close to you guys we've gotten really close against illinois before but we still haven't got it done yet so i don't know when it'll happen but we'll see yeah it's a series that um man as an iu fan going down there scares me uh last year it was a a two-point game and you guys had a, a sellout crowd. It was a blackout. It was loud. Um, and then in 2015, you guys came up here with Jeff Brom and um, made a lot of money on that team, betting the overs on Western Kentucky that year. Uh, but, oh, yeah. You know, put a, put some uh, some scares in, into some IU's, IU teams. How is uh, the 2022 season going for you guys? Um, so far, so good. So, obviously, last year we had Bailey Zappi as our back he broke two NCAA records for most passing yardage in the season and also most touchdowns beating Joe Burrow's record which is insane to think about and uh, I mean things were pretty good um got a pretty good bowling against App State which that's looking even better now that they just beat uh, A&M <laughs> and they're going to be hosting college game day this week which is crazy but um for uh, about I mean as far as this season um we had a pretty close call against Austin P State University which is a semi-local regional school in Tennessee and uh, we only beat them by about 11 points. It was looking a little rough. They were kind of eating us up with the zone read quarterback run stuff. But uh, we were able to get 38 points in that game. We went to Hawaii and won that one pretty well. It's 49-17 for that one. Austin Reed is the new quarterback. 
he transferred from Division II's uh, West Florida University and actually beat out uh, Jarrett Dagey, who was a starter at West Virginia for the starting quarterback position in the offseason. So that's been a pretty big deal that as someone from D2 to make the jump to D1 and be beat someone who is starting at a, at a power five school for the starting position at Western Kentucky. It's been pretty big. And uh, honestly, he's got the arm and he's got the talent to do it. I've been really impressed with him so far. Uh, defense, uh, we lost a lot of guys, but they're stepping up. There was, a, I think, like five takeaways against Hawaii. They looked really solid. So I'm glad that they've had that extra week of rest going from all the way to like five different time zones away and then finally coming back. So hopefully they'll be ready for this weekend. On the IU side of things, uh, Nate and Alex, we know where IU stands, 2-0, and wins over Illinois and Idaho last week. This is a game that ESPN's FPI has Western Kentucky – uh, with a 54% chance of winning uh, as of last night when I checked. Uh, it, the spread is, is six and a half on a lot of sports books. They're expecting a, a close game. Um, Alex, we'll start with you and then go to Nate. What, um, what are you looking at uh, for, the, for this game for, for the Hoosiers? Yeah, obviously, I think, you know, starting with Western Kentucky, I think you – you have to start with the quarterback play, right. As we just kind of touched on um, Austin Reed, you know, good player. Um, I think the matchup of the game and the most fascinating matchup of the game is, is him against IU secondary and actually both, both secondaries. If I'm not mistaken, I think Western Kentucky leads the country in picks with seven. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Basilak has had, you know, some accuracy issues at times again, last week against Idaho, in a monsoon, I'm not going to really put a lot of the ball placement issues on him, but um, passing game is going to have to look a lot better than it did in the first half against Idaho on Saturday night. Um, starting off in a hole like we did and not scoring in the first half, uh, I think puts you in more trouble against Western Kentucky than it obviously did against Idaho. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you look at how IU has played so far, if you put if you flush the first half against Idaho and put some sort of combination of the other three halves that you've played this season on the field on Saturday, I think you feel good about it. Um, but if you're sloppy, if we're throwing the ball around, um, I mean, this is a Western Kentucky team. They lost a lot from last year from a really, really good team last year. Um, but still, I mean, they're going to be aggressive on both sides of the ball. So, you know, if Indiana's not ready to play at noon, so it's their first non night game, um, you know, I think, I think you're in for a close second half, but, um, for me, it, it definitely comes out to takeaways on, on both sides of the ball. So Nate, what about you on defense? Yeah, I think the biggest thing I'm looking at, at for the Indiana defense, at least that is, is just to see improved tackling. Cause we know like, you know, Western Kentucky has, has a lot of new players that based on the team that we saw last year or compared to the team we saw last year, but a lot of their success just comes from their system. So just getting the ball to their playmakers in space and forcing the Indiana secondary to make tackles in space. And if you don't, they're going to go for big yards, big explosive plays. And we've seen some issues so far this year with the Indiana tackling of it just has not been the best at times. Um, we saw that even in the, the great second half that we had against Idaho, there was still definitely some tackling issues and, probably should have been a shutout, but we ended up giving up what 14 points to him in the, in the second half or so. So I think that's definitely something we're going to be looking for in the, in this matchup with Western Kentucky. 
Uh, Jared, I wanted to ask you about um, a former Hoosier who's now playing running back down there, Davion Irvin Poindexter. How is he, uh, you know, I, I saw him run a little bit against uh, Austin P, but how has he uh, fit into the, the running game over there? Honestly, he's come in and he's looked really solid. He's basically the RB1 at this point. He's been getting most of the snaps on offense. They've been kind of sharing it between him, uh, Robichaud, and also uh, Moses, uh, which has been really good. But, I mean, honestly, Poindexter, he's been getting – I think he's the leading rusher on the team. So, he's fit in really well. They looked really good against – all three of them did against Hawaii. So, he's been a good addition to the team. Yeah, Jared, and then sticking sticking with offense here. Obviously, we touched on on Zappy gone, but then Stearns, the you know that leading receiver from last year, just you know all everything I think could have played at you know a ton of schools, regardless of conference or division, whatever. Um, what are some differences you've noticed from the offense? Obviously, through two games, um, or what are some things that are you know the same despite losing you know two of those you know all world college football players. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a lot of talented guys. And his brother, Josh uh, Stearns, is actually still on the team. He was injured, and he should be able to play for this weekend. Like Coach Hilton said, I think today that he's going to be good to go. So they'll maybe get him back. But the two main wide receivers have been Daywood Davis and uh, Malachi Corley, and both of those guys have just looked phenomenal, especially Corley. Uh, he looked really good against Austin P. I I think he had three touchdowns just in that game. And then against Hawaii, that was when Daywood Davis went off as well and looked really solid in that one. So both pretty equal threats, I would say. I mean, it's still a little bit of a drop-off from having someone as talented as Jareth Stearns, who I still think should have made a roster in the NFL. Yeah. But I mean, getting Joshua Simon back at tight end, I think has been as big as anything. He's still kind of getting adjusted. He came back from an injury. He was gone all of last season, but he was looking like an NFL caliber tight end before he got hurt. And if he can get back to that form that he had before his injury, then that's going to open up a whole nother world of possibilities for this offense. Yeah, I think uh, Simon's an interesting one. I think he had the uh, that flea flicker touchdown against Hawaii. I saw, yeah. I saw that, that clip. He broke about 12 tackles on that one. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, big body, good size at, at tight end. So definitely something to watch for. Uh, but, I mean, other than that, is it, you know, our normal air raid? Um, any differences you've noticed this year? Or are we going to see, you know, a pretty similar offense to what we saw last year uh, down at your place? Um, even with the new offensive coordinator with Ben Arbuckle, I mean, Coach Hilton, he still likes to run the same array type offense. You definitely mm -hmm. should be expecting for uh, <laughs> expecting for a lot of passing yards in this game. Uh, the run game isn't super stable yet. I mean, Poindexter is obviously pretty good, and they divide it between him and the other two guys. But obviously, the bread and butter is going to be through throwing the ball. Uh, usually kind of up up tempo offense too. a lot of no huddle depending on how well they're getting momentum on a drive so that's something to expect as well it doesn't really give your defense much time to rest or make substitutions or anything so that, a lot of what you saw from last season i would expect again it's just not quite to the level that it was last season yet so, I mean, we played about this time. It's the same time of the year last year. I feel like it had that game been in November as opposed to like September or October, whenever it was, I think that we probably would have ended up winning that game. But, yeah, I mean, it still took a lot of time for that defense, especially to Joe last season. And uh, they're starting off well this year, like you said. I mean, with all of the interceptions and takeaways and everything, they're looking really solid on that end. But we'll, we'll see. I think it's still looking pretty good, but – I don't know yet. 
if you had to go with the, uh, and we'll go down the line here uh, and starting with Alex, um, if you had to go for a casual fan watching, tuning into this game at, at noon, what is the one matchup that, that you're tuning in to watch? Yeah, you know, Helton's presser today, he talked about IU's ability to disguise coverage and blitzes as well as get pressure with four. So um, for me, I think it really comes down to can those bowls and DNs get pressure without having to blitz a ton against this air raid offense? Um, you know, and I touched on it in our, you know, after the dust settles yesterday. I, I think this is a real test for IU safeties uh, in past defense tonight or on Saturday. Um, you know, John Haynes did not play against Idaho. He was a passing down specialist in the Illinois game. Um, we talked about, you know, we're not sure how healthy Monster Matthews is. He had that that big tackle in the, in the fourth quarter down there last year. Um, so I don't know. For me, it really comes down to IU's edges and bowls getting pressure without having to bring the house because – you know, air raid against, you know, a lot of different schools and competition is going to give you trouble. So, um, and, you know, they've had the luxury of a bye week to, to get ready and game plan for us where we obviously have not. So um, for me, you gotta, you gotta try to get pressure of four or five. Uh, Nate, how about uh, you? What is, uh, what is your matchup to watch? I'll, I'll flip over. We, we haven't mentioned this yet, just to the, the Indiana offensive side of the ball of, will we have a, a rushing a game? We, Saw in the first, in week one against Illinois that Shivers had the game winning touchdown, but other than that, there was really nothing coming from the Indiana rushing attack. And we went essentially air raid, especially on that last drive. Like we, we had no no rushing game the entire time. Uh, then we switched over to week two and I don't, ignore the first half, but second half, a lot of what we were uh, the offense was being created through our rushing attack. So I'll I'll be interested to see this week if where we look more balanced if we kind of head back to that air raid that I feel like we're most comfortable with, with at least what we've seen so far. Um, I'll, I'll be interested to see what we see there. All right, Jared, to you, which, uh, which matchup on Saturday are you most interested in watching? Honestly, I mean, I don't know if I would consider it just a general matchup or just one particular person, but just seeing Poindexter coming back to Bloomington, seeing how he's going to look coming into this game, because I think the run game is going to be really important for Western just for the fact that they need it. Uh, because if you're expecting pass every single snap, then, I mean, you could just have a lot more corner quarter type defense, having a bunch of guys in the backfield being ready for it. But if you can get a pretty solid run game from anyone being able to maybe do some more play action stuff, that's more effective than maybe actually get a hundred yards on the ground. I think if they're able to get a hundred yards on the ground, that, that will really, really help the offense a lot being able to do that. Cause they can still, they can still throw the ball. That's not the, really the problem, but I would like to see, a little more balanced because if for some reason your defense is really locked in and blocking down everything that Reed is throwing, then I think that that having an effective run game can make a big difference for Western. Yeah. If I'm going matchups, they're not going to be on the same field as he, at the same time, but Western Kentucky's secondary leading the nation in, in interceptions and then Indiana's secondary. Uh, we know what they could do with Tywin Mullen and Jalen Williams. I, whoever comes out of there the most productive, making the most tackles, uh, pass breakups and things like that, and creating the most havoc, I think that goes a long way into deciding the game. Now they won't face head to head, um, but 
it's something that when you go back to the stat sheet after the game, uh, you're going to look at, you know, those, you know, tackles, passes broken up, interceptions and things like that. That'll go a long way to determining who, who wins this game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, I, I think I use secondary, you know, we've been told all off season and all fall camp, everyone's healthy. Everyone's excited to show, you know, last season was a fluke with the big plays and the, you know, poor defense at times. A lot of it was, you know, the offense was just absolutely inept, but um, it's, you know, a prove it game, you know, obviously another big game the week after at Cincinnati. So you hope there's no, you know, look ahead um, as crazy as it sounds. I, I do think the first half against Idaho is kind of a good thing. Um, so, you know, early in the week, you know, should be a, a good amount of focus, but yeah, I mean, I think the game is going to fall in both secondaries. Um, IU is not afraid to throw the ball. Um, and I think you, you'll look to get some of the size with six, five Donovan McCauley and six, four Cam camper involved possibly on the outside. Um, and then AJ Barner, we we always talk about it, but, um, I think early in the game, especially getting Connor Bazelak kind of settled in. I feel like the tight end over the middle of the field is, uh, you know, a spot where we could see some, you know, possibility with the aggressive Hilltoppers defense. But yeah, I think it's a, it's a big prove it week for, for both secondaries. So should be really interesting. I hope they let them play uh, on, on the back end, but we will see. I think, I think it'll be interesting with the secondaries too, of just both teams definitely are designed to play fast on offense. And we've seen just how deflating it can be when, you go very quickly of at your defense forced to take away, but then in 20 seconds you had three incomplete passes and now you're punting and it just feels like a, a waste of a takeaway, a waste of a turnover. So it'll be interesting kind of both ways to see if the offenses can sustain drives enough that they can keep momentum or if either defense can kind of take that momentum away, control the time of possession and it, neither team is used to winning the time of possession. So it will be interesting to see who does this game. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting point, uh, Nate. And if you're betting, I'd probably take the over because there, there are going to be a lot of possessions. Um, you know, uh, the last few years under Tom Allen, they kind of wanted to limit the possessions and, and you're looking at eight, nine, maybe 10 possessions a game. This is this is going to be a game where teams, both teams might get, you know, maybe 12, 13, 14, 15 possessions uh, and be up up there on that. Uh, Jared, before before we get out of here, any um, any final thoughts and a prediction on on uh, on Saturday's game? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, I mean, I've been up to Bloomington's campus uh, once before. It's an awesome, awesome campus. Uh, I hope that there's a decent amount of Western people that'll be able to make it. I mean, it's not too far, but as far as on the field, I think that it's going to be a lot like last year for me, just to the fact that I feel like if this game was later in the season, we would have a better chance. And I know that ESPN's FBI likes us a little more than you guys winning right now but honestly I still think that Big Ten win has been so elusive for us I wish that I could see it happening this year but you guys are like head and shoulders like the most talented team we've played so far this season so I, I at least as of right now I see you guys winning maybe by a field goal maybe give me 38 35 something like that yeah Nate we'll go with you final thoughts and and prediction yeah, I, I agree with everything that Jared just said. Um, I 
I also was going to go with IU 38. I'm, I'm going to go Western Kentucky 31. I think they went, we win by a touchdown, but I think, I think it'll be another game just like we saw last year that could very much go to the, the last possession. And it just kind of depends on who has the ball last. So I'm excited for it. Alex. Yeah. I don't know if excited is my word, Nate, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I uh, weirdly, I don't, I don't see it ending up a lot like last year. Um, I do think Western Kentucky lost a lot, um, especially when you talk about dynamic playmakers on offense. Um, and I think, you know, despite the bye week, I think them playing, you know, Austin P in the FCS and then a Hawaii team that has, I think 50 new scholarship players this year. And then, you know, on the road in the big town, I think that's a massive jump. So I think us having already played Illinois is, you know, hopefully, you know, an advantage for the, the step up in physicality and, you know, athleticism that we'll definitely see from last week against Idaho. Um, I don't know. Prediction wise, I, I do think Indiana comes out much, much sharper than they did on Saturday night against Idaho. Um, I think you're going to see a, a, a good run game um, and hopefully, you know, some nice sacks by the, the IU football defense, because I do think they're going to be pretty aggressive and not sit back and let the air raid really pick them apart. Um, so it's, I, I, I see, I feel like you may see some big plays given up by the IUFB defense. Um, but prediction, I'll go 30 to 20 Indiana. Um, I think it's going to be a, a very big bend. Don't break day for Tom Allen and the defense. Um, so I, I think Reed will throw for 400 yards or 300 yards, but, um, I think it'll be a lot of, uh, wait till we get into the red zone to really pack it in. But so I'll go, I'll go 30 to 20, but, um, should be a fun one. I'm excited for competent offensive football um, on both sides, which will be good for once. I heard the excited word. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess. I guess for for that specifically. I guess. Um, but for the 11 a.m. Central Time kickoff, um, you know, not not great for my game watching habits. Let's just let's just leave it at that. I guess. <laughs> so, see, it'll be a quick quick bedtime on Saturday night. I think. Yeah. Uh, so, so we're all predicting a not in Iowa, South Dakota state. Uh, I hope score. not. I, you know, I, if that's going to happen, I think we both just forfeit and like, we'll play during our bye week and the toppers can pick up someone else. I just, if it's a, a three to three game with two safeties, I think both teams get a loss. That's, that's what I say. <laughs> everybody <laughs> takes a loss. I think, yeah, I think everybody just packs it up. I think we, everyone goes home and then we just forget it ever happened. So that, that would be my advice, but you know, you never know. Oh, yeah. you can come up, I guess. Right. Yeah, the ball I, was I very see... drunk this past weekend. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Super drunk. Yep. Um, it's been all season. It's been super drunk. Um, but yeah, I see a game that's, that's going to be high scoring. It's going to come down to red zone efficiency uh, mm -hmm. as well. Kind of like it did last year a yep. little bit um you know IU won on I think five field goals and a couple touchdowns where you know if IU changed that and, and scored a few more touchdowns they probably put Western away a little bit earlier but it's going to come down to to that it's who, who leaves the least amount of points on the field um at those times and it's it's always been a good game against Western Kentucky uh, they they bring it usually bring a good crowd as well. The weather shouldn't be terrible uh, like it was last week. So I, I'm ready for some fireworks at, at Memorial Stadium. Hopefully, um, 
IU comes out with a win uh, and goes 3-0. And then hopefully, uh, Jared, I hope Western Kentucky has a fantastic season afterwards um, and and gets uh, – they're still in Conference USA for right now, right? Um, yeah, unfortunately. And, and, <laughs> gets uh, accused of championship uh, and all those things. But, Jared, um, for our listeners, just tell, tell the folks uh, where they can find you on social media and, and things like that. Yeah, so uh, you can find us on Twitter at the Talrag WKU. Um, you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as well with the same handle. So if you want to keep up with Western Kentucky stuff, I mean, you can find us over there and, and everything. So we'd appreciate it. Yeah, and then anything specifically, you know, coming this week, talking about the game on Saturday that our, our listeners and readers should uh, watch out for from you guys. Yeah, we always have the keys to victory article from our perspective, looking at what really needs to happen for Western to be able to get a win. And also we still have our game grades from the Hawaii game to look at and uh, maybe even do a Q&A with you guys again to have that up. So the WKU people can kind of know what to expect from an IU perspective as well. So lots of different stuff we'll have up this week. Sweet. And yeah, I think uh, a return Q&A is only fair. So um yeah, Jared, thank you again for uh, for joining us and for your time tonight. Uh, Sammy or Nate, anything else before we uh, wrap up here? I'm good. I just I'm I'm ready for for a non-rain Saturday game. Not to get yep. home at 3 a.m. Hey, you know anything for the win? But uh, yeah, so for all of us at Hoosier Huddle, we'll have more stuff previewing the game against Western Kentucky. This Saturday, the 17th, kicking off at noon Eastern on Big Ten Network. For Nate Comp, Stampy Jacobs, I'm Alex Compton. And then once again, thanks to our friend Jared over at the Towel Rack WKU for his time and analysis tonight. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader.